who is Jesus? Why is this our topic? Because there is nothing more important than understanding Christ and who you are in Christ. Today, I'm going to share with you 30 aspects of who Jesus is from the Bible. And then I will tell you who Jesus is to me personally. And I have 18 things to share about that. You are in for a treat, but let me first note that I'm a relatively new Christian, yet I clearly differentiate between religion and faith, between a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and habitual Christianity lifestyle where you try to appear a good person who's got it all together. No one is good. No one except Jesus. That's what the Bible says. That's why we're all fallen and broken. I am surely fallen and broken and I can't live in my own power. I need Jesus every single day. Otherwise, I'm literally screwed. <laughs> I tried to commit suicide twice. I was so suicidal and depressed just a few years ago. I literally can't live in my own power. I need Jesus every single day. This podcast is about your intimate, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, not your lifestyle of habitual Christianity and how you perform for others' approval. Religion is about performance. Jesus is about relationship. Religion is about law. Jesus is about love. Religion is about condemnation. Jesus is about acceptance. Religion is about exclusion. Jesus is all-inclusive. Religion says, if you are holy enough, your life will be perfect. Jesus says that in this world you will have trials and tribulations, but you must remain hopeful and persevere and grow in faith and share your hope with others. Yet you can't save people or yourself. Only Jesus can do it. I didn't grow up in church. My family didn't believe in Jesus but in 2014, I gave my life to Christ and I shared my testimony with you on my blog extensively. If you want to read it, you go to annazabo.com slash my testimony. Again, it's annazabo.com slash my testimony and I'm going to link to it in the show notes in the description below. Jesus is everything to me, but it's important to remember that I am not Jesus. Though I dedicated my life to him, I do not save people. Only Jesus can do that. And so as we discuss who is Jesus today, keep in mind that surrendering to Jesus, inviting Jesus into your heart, giving your life to Jesus, none of it makes you Jesus. I am mentioning it because of my personal passion for ministry. I write about Jesus and I talk about him on my podcast. I have 60 episodes about Jesus, 27 talk shows, 16 meditations, 10 poems, and 7 prayers all about Jesus. On my blog, I have 1 million words of content about Jesus. 
So I'm very much into Jesus for sure, but I am not him. I must remember it. Today, before recording this Christian podcast for you, I got the news that my friend attempted to kill herself. It really shook me. I even had to ask for help. I had to get on the phone with somebody and just talk as I was processing the news. And what I realized was this. Belonging to Jesus doesn't make me Jesus. So, if you belong to Jesus, remember that you are not Jesus. Everything we discuss today, you need to apply to yourself, not to someone else. As you listen to my content, wear it. Try it on. See if it's your size, if it's your kind of cup of tea, if it's your thing. How do these ideas I'm sharing play out in your life? That's what I want you to think about. This is for you. Do not try to listen to this Christian podcast for women thinking of how you could fix someone you know. The goal of my ministry, Online Discipleship for Women, is to help alleviate suicide among women globally by sharing hope in Christ. And I write about it extensively on annazabo.com. I share everything about my ministry. If you're looking to grow in faith and hope, you. May this content bless you today. So, who is Jesus in the Bible? There are 30 things, and I'm going to give you the list right now, just so you know what's coming and what we'll be talking about. Jesus is man. Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Savior, Jesus is Redeemer, Jesus is Deliverer, Jesus is Lamb, Jesus is King, Jesus is Teacher, Jesus is Light, Jesus is Mediator, Jesus is Authority, Jesus is Leader, Jesus is Prophet, Jesus is Messiah, Jesus is Friend, Jesus is Hope, Jesus is Peace. Jesus is love, Jesus is word, Jesus is truth, Jesus is wisdom, Jesus is strength, Jesus is life, Jesus is rock, Jesus is vine, Jesus is helper, Jesus is healer, Jesus is I am, Jesus is the way. That's what we will be discussing today. Now, my ministry is committed to sharing hope in Christ and making disciples of Christ. Let's differentiate clearly between following Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, and habitual Christianity. Why is it important to ask yourself, who is Jesus really? It's because of such a phenomenon as habitual Christianity. Not understanding who Jesus is causes people to become habitual Christians. They drift into being churchgoers versus choosing to follow Jesus intentionally and purposefully. Not digging deep into the who is Jesus Christ question. People in church often say that they were born Christians which of course is impossible because you must give your life to Christ intentionally with your conscience mind. So you can't be born a Christian. Christianity is not a race. 
It's not ethnicity. It's not your national originality. Being a Christian means genuinely giving your life to Christ forever because you understand who Jesus is and what he means to you. Habitual Christianity is the opposite of what happens when you discover for yourself the answer to the question, who is Jesus? I know many people who live a lifestyle of habitual Christianity because it's convenient and makes them look acceptable as they typically compare themselves to others to figure out if they are good. Let me explain habitual Christianity with some real-life examples. Habitual Christians go to church for the community that supports them, not because they actually have a relationship with Christ. Habitual Christians attend church events because of free food and great music and fun, not because they want to apply the gospel of Jesus Christ to their own lives every day behind the closed doors. Habitual Christians volunteer and go on mission trips because it's easy to portray themselves as good that way by checking a spiritual box. Habitual Christians act religious for others' admiration. They get praised, which helps them feel good about themselves. Habitual Christians quote Bible verses on every corner because it helps them fit in. Any conversation deeper than mere chit-chat reveals that Jesus is not personal to them and their Christianity is a show. I was married to a habitual Christian, and that is why I want to clearly differentiate that this podcast is about who Jesus is to you in your personal relationship with him, not as it appears from the outside of your life within your church. And by the way, I personally believe that you do not have to go to church in order to be a Jesus follower. I I believe that if I get on a plane today and the plane crashes, On an island where there are no people, there is no community, surely there are no church buildings there, and there is no Bible there, I believe that I will remain a disciple of Jesus Christ for the rest of my life because of what is in my heart. And it does not depend on where I go as my house of worship or don't go. It depends on my fellowship with Jesus every single day, not just on Sundays. That's what I personally believe. And so this episode is going to help you understand my perspective and maybe this will help you figure out who is Jesus to you personally. But first let's talk about who is Jesus in the Bible. And where can we turn for the real answer about who is Jesus Christ, right? That's the Bible. The Bible provides us with all the answers. But only your personal walk with Christ can reveal who Jesus is to you personally. No one can tell you. Your parents can't teach you. Your pastor cannot teach you. You have to get on your knees every day and pray. And I wrote an article on my blog about how to pray. It's nsabo.com slash how to pray. And if you go there, you will learn and you will see how I get on my knees um, when I wake up in the morning and I pray. And in your personal relationship and fellowship with Christ will 
you will understand who Jesus truly is to you personally. So Jesus is man. Jesus was born just like you and I were born, meaning he was delivered out of his mama's uterus. Think about this as you ponder what happened on the cross. Luke 2, 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Think about this. Jesus was born. He came out of a uterus of his mom, the real human woman, just like you and I. That blows my mind when I think about it. When I think about what Jesus, as man, went through on the cross for me, to wash me white as snow, to rid me of my sin, to set me free. Jesus grew, just like you and I grew from being little to being big. Meaning at first he didn't know how to walk and talk. And he needed his mama 24-7, just like you and I. Just try to comprehend this truth as you consider what Jesus endured to gift you and me the freedom from sin. Luke 2.40 says, And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. He grew from being very little and very helpless. Imagine that, what Jesus came here on earth to endure for you and for me to become children of God and be set free from sin. Jesus got tired, just like you and I get weary. Imagine that he felt all the feelings we feel today. Then think about what happened on the cross. Jesus knew temptations, just like you and I. Feel various temptations from innocent ones, like binge-watching Netflix, overeating or getting angry, to severe temptations like sex addictions, drug addictions, gambling, or being violent. I'm not saying, of course, that his temptations were any of what I just listed, or that he handled them the same way we do. I'm only saying that he felt tempted. Mark 1.13 says, And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. Jesus wept. Whenever you cry or feel deep sorrow, whenever you experience grief or go through a heartache, remember that Jesus also wept. I got married in 2016 and my husband immediately filed for divorce saying he wanted to be an Iron Man and compete in Kona instead of being my husband. He said that his bicycle was his actual wife. He told me he cheated on me. My girlfriends used to hold me in their arms as I wept from sorrow, from grief. Though at first I thought my weeping was too much because I'm strong. I did allow myself to process all that grief as I was going through it because I knew that Jesus wept too. John 11.35 says, Jesus wept. Jesus was rejected. Whenever you and I get rejected, 
and your friends turn away from you, betray you, or stonewall you. Think about this. John 6.66 says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Jesus experienced bullying. It's unthinkable because we tend to believe bullies just popped out of social media in the 21st century, but it's not true at all. I was bullied in Russia by my members by the members of my very own family. My mother bullied me every single day. She called me names that you would not even believe. If you ever have to endure bullying or humiliation, think about this experience Jesus endured. Just so you know he can relate. He himself was bullied, mocked, and humiliated. Mark 15:19 says, Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. He was mocked, humiliated, and bullied. Jesus felt abandonment and loneliness. Whenever you feel lonely, consider the depth of the abandonment Christ experienced after everything he had done for his people. Consider it not to diminish your own feelings of loneliness, but to help you understand that Jesus can relate because he himself felt the same thing. Matthew 27, 46 says, About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus died. If you ever had a family member pass away and saw what death looks like, know that Jesus endured not only the same death we face, but worse, he suffered before he died. He suffered for you and me. Mark 15:39 says, And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the son of God. Next, we'll talk about Jesus as God. Jesus was fully God. He talked about this truth openly, but some people of his generation did not believe it, though they did see his miracles. John 10, 30, 33 says, I and the Father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of this do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, mere man, claim to be God. Jesus declared in his prayer, for all believers, that he was one with God. John 17, 21 says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe 
that you have sent me. Sorry, sometimes I get so overwhelmed when I'm reading the scriptures and I'm thinking about the life of Jesus and I'm thinking about where I am and how I got here and how I didn't know him all my life and now I do and I want to share with the world. And I'm so grateful for this technology that I can get on a podcast like this and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you to possibly lift you up in your life, whatever you're going through, to share hope with you, to give you something to hold on to if your life really, really sucks right now, because everybody's life sometimes rocks and sometimes sucks. My life is like that. And if your life is like that, congratulations, you're a normal human being. As you can see from this um, episode and what I'm sharing today, Jesus's life was also like that. So he was fully human. Above all else, here is the clear statement in the Bible, which is God-breathed word, telling us that Jesus was fully God. John 1.18 No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Next, we'll talk about Jesus as Lord. Jesus was called Lord after he was crucified. The meaning of the word Lord assigns a certain level of respect and power to whoever is called so. Acts 2.36 says this, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Jesus was also addressed as Lord during his life as a man on earth by those who respected and honored him and believed in his miracles. Matthew 8, 2 says this, A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he was called Lord even during his lifetime. The Lordship of Jesus is linked directly to his resurrection and our salvation after his death as a human being. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you're listening to this podcast this far, I want to invite you, if you've never done it, I want to invite you right now to fall on your knees together with me. I'm going to pray a prayer for you right now. And I did it recently in my home. I had a guest. It was a woman. And I just invited her to fall on our knees together. And I did it with her. We held hands and I prayed this prayer. And she invited Jesus Christ into her heart as her Lord and Savior. So I want to just encourage you for a moment to do this together with me if you fall on your knees and you just pray to god say jesus i invite you into my life and into my heart right now to be my lord and savior i can't live in my own power i can't walk on my own life is too hard and you say that your yoke is easy so i just invite you Jesus, into my life and into my heart to liberate me from my own self, from my afflictions, from my temptations. Read me of myself. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Make me yours. Make me new. Give me new identity. 
make me yours and allow me to live my life with the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. You live my life through me. You live my life through me, Jesus. I want to be yours. And I pray this prayer in your marvelous name. Amen. Now we'll talk about Jesus as Savior. Jesus came on earth to save you and me from our sins. I sinned a lot. And I cannot tell you, I was really, really dead, though I appeared so alive to people all around me. So, Jesus came to save you and me from our sins and burdens of our guilt and shame. Jesus is the reason why we have the gift of God's forgiveness today. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Here is a trustworthy saying, that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. I definitely can say that about myself too. Jesus was promised by God to his people as a savior. Think about it. God promised Jesus to people to save them from themselves. This blows my mind. Just think about what it means to you and your eternity. The covenant was fulfilled when Jesus died on the cross. Acts 13.23 says, From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus as he promised. Jesus was announced as a Savior to the world before his actual birth. Matthew 1.21 says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now let's talk about Jesus as Redeemer. Jesus redeemed you and me at a high price. The highest price that can possibly be imagined. His own life, his own blood, his own suffering. When you win an iTunes gift card, you can go to the iTunes store, add a song to your card or movie, type in the gift card code and click redeem button. That's what it means to redeem. What that means is that someone placed value onto that gift card, which can be used by you to buy something of value. You are of value. You are a precious, special gem. Jesus' life was of value. He surrendered the value of his life to buy you back, to redeem you from sin, so you can have your valuable life as a free human being. Redemption means this, when we were slaves to sin, Jesus sacrificed his precious life to buy us back from our sin. Ephesians 1.7 says this, In him we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Think about it. Think about what it means to you. The kinds of things you've done in your life, the things you've been through, what it is that you're going through right now. Apply this to your life. How do you feel? 
Do you want to just drop on your knees and weep and ask Jesus to just take over? That's what I had to do. I had to do because I messed up my life. I was so messed up. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not messed up now. I promise you, I need Jesus every day because I am surely messed up. I need Jesus and I cannot live in my own power. That's why at the end of this podcast, I'm going to tell you who Jesus is to me personally. Now, let's talk about Jesus as deliverer. The word deliverer in Hebrew means to cause to escape. Jesus causes us to escape our temptations, sin, and the destiny of facing God's wrath. Jesus delivers us from our captivity and slavery to sin by sacrificing his life to provide us with the way to escape and live free. Paul wrote about it in his letter to Philippians, explaining deliverance through the Spirit of Christ. Philippians 1.18-20 says this, But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through our prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. That was Paul, who was man, just like you and me. He was a human being. He was in captivity and suffering. That's what he, that was his perspective in his letters to his friends. This is like basically his blog, his podcast. You know what I'm saying? But thousands of years ago. That, that was his perspective as he was talking about Jesus as deliverer. Now let's talk about Jesus as lamb. In the Old Testament, animal sacrifices were found all throughout. These blood offerings acted as a temporary covering for sin. I can't imagine how many lambs would need to be sacrificed for my sin. That would be a lot. The purpose of animal sacrifice and offerings was sanctification, righteousness, meaning right standing with God, and forgiveness. Jesus became the Lamb of God to cover our sins forever and to secure our right standing with God. When I think about my life, the kinds of really terrible things I've done, I don't think there would ever be enough Lamb to sacrifice. Jesus was sacrificed. And by my faith, in my heart and profession of faith, out loud with my mouth, just like the Bible says. I've been saved, I've been sanctified and justified, and now I have the right standing with God because God looks at me through the blood of Jesus. Same with you. If you accepted Jesus into your heart, into your life, as your Lord and Savior, as your Redeemer, if you professed your faith in your own heart and by your mouth publicly, Jesus is the one who is the Lamb of God, securing your right standing with God. This truth appears at John 
129 where john the baptist sees jesus and exclaims behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world the meaning of jesus being the lamb of god is also explained in revelation 17:14, where we get to hear his other names as well revelation 17:14 says they will wage war against the lamb but the lamb will triumph over them because he is lord of lords and king of kings and with him will be his called chosen and faithful followers if you're a follower of jesus which is probably why you're listening to this podcast otherwise why would you even spend time listening to all of this right then if you're a follower of jesus christ that means you were called by god and that means you were chosen by god to become a child of god I hope you spend some time reflecting on it. These thoughts, these reflections, these introspections, they're precious to me. I spend a lot of time writing about it and I write poetry, I journal about it because I thought that I was completely worthless and useless. My mom told me every day of my life that I was worthless. She would tell me how she went to abort me. She would tell me I'm a total waste of her life. And pondering all these truthful things that I've learned from the Bible, I want to share them with you from the bottom of my heart. It's 12 at night and I'm still sitting here doing this podcast for you because I want you to ponder this and apply this knowledge to your life, to who you are based on who Christ is. Now let's talk about Jesus as King. Christ the King. That's how Jesus is often referred to implying the concept of the kingdom of God, where Christ is described as seated at the right hand of God. And you and I are seated there with him in heavenly places. And I share more about it in my spiritual warfare blog. It's just anazabo.com slash spiritual warfare. Or you can always Google spiritual warfare anazabo or who is Jesus Anna Zabo, you can always find my content that way. You can also watch my YouTube videos because I, I produced videos about all of that. Jesus called himself king very openly, as we can see from this conversation in John 18:37. This is what it says. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. The final book of the New Testament, the final book of the Bible, often called Revelation to John, describes Jesus as king and Lord, stating that it was written about him as his very name. Revelation 19:16 says on his robe and on his thigh he has his name written king of kings and lord of lords now let's talk about jesus as teacher jesus taught his people how to live the gospel the good news Matthew 4.23 says Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. 
Jesus taught every time he spoke. He had the heart of a teacher and taught his disciples every time he opened his mouth. We can see how it's described by his followers in Matthew 5, 2. He opened his mouth and began to teach them. Jesus taught even when he wanted to rest or eat or be quiet. I certainly can relate to it because I am a severe introvert. When I'm around people, I'm very pleasant and I'm curious about people because I genuinely care about people. So I ask questions, I engage in conversations, and people often get confused and they uh, tell me that I'm an extrovert. But in reality, I am a severe introvert. I spend a lot of time alone in silence, not music, not anything. I don't have TV in my home. It's just me and my my thoughts and I need that for me to recharge. So when Jesus wanted to be quiet, people longed for his teachings and followed him everywhere he went. Mark 6:34 says the apostle gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, "Come with me." by yourselves to quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on food from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Wow. That's my Lord and Savior. That's, wow. I hope you spend some time thinking about this. The life of Jesus as a man and his death as your Lord and Savior, your Redeemer. How free you are. Sin is not your master because Jesus died on the the cross for you already. You've been set free. All you need is to reach out and grab the gift of your salvation, liberation, freedom, forgiveness, grace, acceptance. It's already yours. Jesus also teaches us to follow his teachings today and to avoid being influenced by any other philosophies of living. 2 John 9 says, Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring his teachings, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. Now let's talk about Jesus as light. Jesus called himself the light of the world, helping us understand that we must live according to his teachings in order for us to have peace, joy, and salvation. John 8.12 says this, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus shared that he was the light while he was in the world. But it doesn't mean just physically. While we share his teachings, his light shines. 
If you're listening to this podcast and you share it on your social media, if you pin it to your Pinterest profile, if you share it on Quora, the light of Jesus Christ continues to shine. John 9.5 says, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. That's why I share the teachings of Jesus with you. I want you to be enlightened and I want you to apply his teachings just like I did to your life. I apply it to my personal life. When I make decisions, when I feel guilty, when I feel unworthy, when I think, can I do it? The answer is yes, I can do all things through Christ. Look at my Savior. Look at Jesus who lives through me, in me. And I abide in him and he abides in me. And same with you. Jesus enlightened his followers. If you ever think that enlightened people are metaphysical, (laughs) many people say that enlightened means metaphysical. No, it doesn't. Being enlightened is biblical and it means you experienced the light of Jesus Christ and his teachings. Understanding and experiencing the gospel of truth is the substance of such enlightenment. I was dead and then I became alive because I became enlightened when I gave my life to Christ. When I dropped on my knees in April of 2014 and I wept and cried and I plead for Jesus to take over my life. And he did. John 1.9 says this, There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. And I hope that listening to this podcast, you also will experience enlightenment in whichever area of your life that you need it. Now, let's talk about Jesus as mediator. Jesus is the one and only capable mediator to help us be in the right standing with God. You can't pay God to forgive your sins. You can't hire an attorney to talk God out of being angry with your sin. You can't bribe God. Nothing you can do but give your life to Jesus Christ genuinely and wholeheartedly. Then God sees you through the blood of Jesus as perfect, righteous, pure, and holy. And if you want to know 52 amazing things God says about you as a child of God, you can go to nsabo.com and there on the homepage you will see it says devotionals. 52 devotionals. Download my book absolutely free. I'm giving it away so that you know what God says about you. 52 amazing things. The book is called 52 devotionals. Go download it now so that you can renew your mind every day. If you're thinking you are unworthy, if somebody calls you names, if you're experiencing bullying, if you think you can't do something, you need my book, 52 devotionals, because that book is going to tell you what God says about you. And that is so much more important than what you think about you, what your mom says about you, what your co-workers say none of it matters when you know exactly what God says about you perfect righteous pure and holy no other mediator can do that for you but Jesus Christ first Timothy 2 5 6 says this for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man the man Jesus Christ who gave himself as a ransom for all which is the testimony giving at the proper time. A mediator is also called an advocate. 
Jesus is our advocate. He advocates for us whenever we seek God's forgiveness. 1 John 2, 1, 2 says this, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now let's talk about Jesus as authority. Jesus is the only authority both in heaven and on earth. Don't take me wrong. You surely must obey your local speed limit law established by the government. And the reason is that Jesus, the ultimate authority, commands that you submit to the government authorities. Matthew 28:18 says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus is authority. Now let's talk about Jesus as a leader. Jesus invited people to follow him. I'm a follower of Christ. And I will be follower of Christ even if I'm anywhere on a wild island around animals and trees and nothing there. That being a follower of Christ means that you know the truth that Jesus died on the cross for you personally. We aren't talking here about clicking an Instagram follow button and moving on with your day. We're talking about Jesus' invitation for people to leave everything behind and physically follow him everywhere he went. Jesus was a bold leader as a man on earth. Jesus also encouraged people to go with him and learn the new way of living, to hear the gospel, the good news, and to abide in his truth. He invited his followers to learn from him and share hope with others. Matthew 4.19 says this, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. I consider myself a fisher of man. Not man in terms of gender, but man as, as far as people. I, I, my ministry is for Christian women like you, online discipleship for women. And I, my hope, my purpose, the reason why I do this is to help alleviate suicide among women globally by sharing hope in Christ. So I am fishing out there everywhere for women who need hope. And if you know women who need hope, who are going through some hardships right now, who are on the edge of giving up, please share this podcast with them. Go fish for them. Let's fish together. Let's be disciples of Jesus together and use this content to share hope with women. Jesus called upon those people whom he chose as his followers. He chose them specifically regardless of whether or not they were considered good by the standards of society. Matthew 9, 9 says, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. The meaning of this to me personally is overwhelming. If you know my story, 
from my testimony on my blog, you know that I was an adulterer. I slept with other women's husbands. I slept around with so many men. I drank. I did many bad things. I even went to jail because I was violent and I uh, physically abused a security guard in a hospital. Think about your life. Think about the bad things you've done and think about this tax collector who was condemned by the society. Jesus passed and said to him, follow me. He did not care what people thought about this man. In fact, he went to eat at the tax collector's house and people did not like it, but he did not care. He chose people whom he would call his own and he did that. Jesus was the kind of leader who demanded devotion to himself. He called people to deny themselves, abandon their old ways, quit their lifestyle and commit themselves to abiding in his teachings. Matthew 16:24 says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Think about what it means to you. To me, I gave up on my sex addiction and alcohol and shopping and compulsive travel. I committed my life to celibacy. I committed my life to this ministry and I'm following Jesus. And I'm 36 years old living in the 21st century. And I promise you, people do not approve of my lifestyle. They feel extremely uncomfortable with me not dating, not going out, not sleeping around. But that's my life. That's my life. I chose to deny myself to follow Jesus. Think about what it means to you. Jesus is prophet. Let's talk about that. Jesus was a genuine proclaimer of the will of God. That is the very definition of a prophet. People who heard Jesus' teachings recognized and acknowledged that he was a prophet. Matthew 21:11 says this, And the crowds said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now let's talk about Jesus as Messiah. Jesus was a leader and savior of a particular group and cause. The people were us, and the cause was our eternity in heaven. That's the definition of the Messiah who was expected to tell people all things, and he did. Jesus himself stated that he was the Messiah people expected. John 4:25-26 says this, The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I who speak to you am he. Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was recognized and acknowledged as the Messiah by those who believed in him, his miracles and his teachings. John 11:27 says, "Yes, Lord," she replied, "I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world." Now let's talk about Jesus as friend. Jesus tells us everything. Have you noticed how any answer you ever need is already right there in the Bible? The teachings of Jesus considered all aspects of being and living and thinking and feeling. What a friend we have in Jesus. 
John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. That's why we have this podcast, The Anna Zeba Show. To share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, what he shared with us has to go on. And so if you care about sharing the gospel with the world, please share this podcast with your world, with your social community. And tell others about it. Invite women to listen to this podcast. And also go on iTunes and post your honest, genuine review on iTunes. It will help others discover this podcast so that the news and the teachings of Jesus Christ can go on. Now let's talk about Jesus as hope. Jesus told us what will be in our future and eternity in heaven. He gave us the things we can hope for and he asked us to hope. John 4:13-14 says this. Jesus said to her, "Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks of the water that i will give him will never be thirsty again the water that i will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life and that's how people when they meet me they're like how come you live without a television you don't go partying or clubbing you don't travel how come you don't date you're so young and beautiful because all those things are vanity and i'm drinking every day out of the well of jesus christ the living water the rivers of living water he's putting in me and they're putting out of my belly as my christian products on Amazon, you can find the collection of Christian apparel I have. If you just go to Amazon and put in the box hashtag 52 devotionals, you will see the biblical affirmations I created. I put them on Christian apparel so you can proclaim to the world who you are in Christ. You have the reminders of your hope and peace and perseverance and fortitude in Christ. I write books about Jesus, I have a blog, I do this podcast. These are the rivers of living water flowing from my deepest being, the Holy Spirit in me. And when you drink out of the well of Jesus Christ, the gospel, you will not be thirsty again for worldly things. Salvation and an eternity with Jesus are not the only things he promised. We can also hope in his steadfast meaning unwavering, unconditional love. Psalm 33:18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. Jesus is our hope for love and eternity in heaven and also redemption. Psalm 137 says, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with Him is plentiful redemption. We hope in Christ because of the promises that He gave us. That's the foundation of faith. Believing is key to hope, and hope is key to faith. We wait for this world to get better, for us to get better. We hope for a better future. We hope in Him. 
Isaiah 8:17 says, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob and I will hope in him. Now let's talk about Jesus as peace. Jesus Christ is the one and only source of peace. Let's be honest, sometimes it's hard to even fall asleep at night because our anxieties and fears are lurking around stealing peace from us. But Christ gives us peace that passes all understanding as long as we have faith and focus on gratitude and our blessings. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. That's why I share with you on this podcast my annual gratitude journal. If you just go to annazabot.com slash thanksgiving, you'll be able to access all of my journals of gratitude. And I want to hear about your gratitude, so share there in the comments with me. Jesus' peace actually guards our hearts and minds. Without his protection, we would go crazy thinking about what if, what if this, what if that. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Now, let's talk about Jesus as love. Jesus is not only the source of love. He himself is love for us from God. You shall never wonder, does God love me? Because the evidence of his love is Jesus Christ. So God's love must always be declared in present tense without a doubt. It's been proven already. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is proof of God's unconditional love. Growing up in Russia, I remember being told to check one million boxes before God would love me. It was taught to me that I was unworthy and bad. It's a false idea. God loves me unconditionally already and the proof of his love is Jesus. Never can I do anything for God to earn his love. He loves me as I am. He is in a relationship with me. I'm in a relationship with him. I can't perform for his love. It's mine already. There is nothing I can do to earn his love. It's a gift and I have it already. And so do you. All you need is to reach out and take the gift. Accept it as yours. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now let's talk about Jesus as word. Jesus is referred to as logos or word, meaning he himself is wisdom personified, the source of life and truth and the very communication between God and humanity. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now let's talk about Jesus as truth. Jesus declared that he himself is the truth, not only the teacher of the truth, and not only filled with the truth. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, 
I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now let's talk about Jesus as wisdom. Jesus Christ is our wisdom and not just the source of wisdom. He teaches us wisdom. He teaches us to be wise and to walk with the wise. But that's not all. If you gave your life to Jesus, you know how when you pray for wisdom, God's infinite intelligence is poured over you and into you. You just get the wisdom you didn't have before you prayed your prayer. With it comes peace. And that's how you discern God's wisdom, by peace. It's because Christ is in you and you are in him and he himself is wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Now let's talk about Jesus as strength. Jesus is our strength. In him we are strong. I used to live in my own power. And you know how that went. It didn't work out at all. Now I draw my strength from Jesus. And I love my life. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. People throughout the Bible recognized and acknowledged that the only source of lasting strength is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Exodus 15.2 says, The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. We are encouraged to be strong in the Lord. His might is our strength. He conquered even death itself. He is almighty. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We are commanded to count on Jesus' strength and be courageous. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And you know what? My life is a proof of it. So many times I was so scared and God never left me. He never abandoned me. And he's always been with me. That's why I want you to read my testimony and be encouraged. It's on anazabo.com slash my testimony. Or just Google my testimony, Anna Zabo. Now let's talk about Jesus as life. Jesus is life. He gives us new life when we are born again and practice his way of living. And he gives us eternal life. I want to... Also mention here that though I personally appear to be alive and have a life before I met Jesus, I was actually dead. I think I mentioned it. It's kind of hard to talk about because it sounds really crazy, but it's not at all. It's true. I share my story on anazabo.com slash sex addiction. And if you go read it, you will see how I was so dead. But when I met Jesus, you will see how I became alive. I share very openly on my blog about it. 
After I prayed to Christ to open up my eyes to the things unseen, I started noticing dead people everywhere. Though they are walking and talking and wearing makeup and dresses, they laugh and they work out, but they are completely dead, as if there is no life in them. Jesus is the only one who gives actual life. Jesus is life. John 11:25 says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. Now let's talk about Jesus as rock. Jesus is a rock, the strong foundation, something solid to hold on to, something that won't let us down and will hold us. And for many, he is the rock found when hitting the rock bottom. That was me. That's my story. That's what I share in my testimony. I hit the rock bottom and he was the rock on the bottom for me, Jesus Christ. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, the fortless and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Jesus is God and compared to other rocks in the Bible and declared to be the most solid rock. 1 Samuel 2.2 says, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Now let's talk about Jesus as vine. And this has been in 2019, the entire theme of my life. I had a journal and I'm still keeping it. And it's called Living Abiding in Christ versus living in my own power. That's my journal. That's It's in my notes and I write there regularly about the events of my life. And when I was walking in my own power, it did not work out. But when I abide in Christ as my vine and I am his branch, then the rivers of living water flow from my belly. Belly means that the Holy Spirit in me. And I'm telling you, if your life appears to be miserable, listen to this. Jesus is vine. So, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. This is the most critical truth to understand if you want to live the life of joy, peace and productivity and prosperity. If you value your mental health and sanity, this is the most important thing of all. So here is what John 15 says. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. 
if you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is for my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and anointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Wow. Wow. I always dwell on this and I think, when my life doesn't work out, God is cutting off the branches that are dead so that I can bear more fruit. And as you listen to this, think about your own life. What are you going through? Are there any dead branches that really need to be cut off in your life right now so that you can bear more fruit forever? Are you remaining in your vine? Are you spending every day time with God praying? Are you spending time in the Word? Are you crying out to God for wisdom? Now let's talk about Jesus as helper. Jesus is our helper. He is on our side. That's why we are never alone. How exactly does Jesus help us? David described this in detail in Psalm 23. At some of David says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus is healer. Let's talk about that. Jesus is our healer. He performed many healing miracles on earth as a human man and even touching his robe healed the bleeding woman. Jesus heals us physically, spiritually, emotionally and mentally. Here's another example of physical, visible healing and I have my own personal example to share in my testimony. And by the way, about this topic, I wrote a blog. So if you just go to annazabo.com who is Jesus? 
Or if you just Google who is Jesus Anna Zabo, who is Jesus Anna Zabo, just Google and this article will pop up. So Jesus heals us in every aspect of being. Mark 10:52 gives us an example. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. That was the man who had no sight. The blind man. Jesus heals us today. The healing power of the resurrected Jesus works in our lives and performs miracles all over the earth right now. He healed me. Isaiah 53:5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So what is it that needs to be healed in you? For me, it was suicidal depression, anger, addictions, alcoholism, adultery, all kinds of temptations. And he has worked in me. What is it in you? Open up yourself to Jesus right now so he can heal you. Jesus is I am. Let's talk about that. Jesus referred to himself as I am many times, implying that he was the eternal God incarnate. Jesus was equating himself with the I am title God gave himself in Exodus 3.14. John 8.53-58 says this, Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and obey his word. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced. At the thought of seeing my day, he saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Now, let's talk about Jesus as the way. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way to heaven. John 14:6 says Jesus answered I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me and here is what it means that Jesus is the way described in great detail in Titus 3 3 to 7 for we ourselves were once foolish disobedient led astray slaves to various passions and pleasures Passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. By the washing of regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope 
of eternal life. We discussed 30 aspects of Jesus Christ. Knowing who Jesus is in the Bible is valuable, but pondering the impact of this knowledge on your own life is so much more valuable. So now I want to tell you who Jesus is to me personally. Jesus as fully man. In 2016, I got married to a man who portrayed himself as a Christian. I loved him with all my heart. He went to premarital counseling for months with me and I felt nothing but excitement as I walked down the aisle on May 14th, 2016. I felt very hopeful as we planned to glorify God with our marriage. I was confident that the man waiting for me at the end of the aisle with tears in his eyes would be a friend, a companion, a partner, a supporter, a wise counsel, a husband, an encourager and family to me. Four months later, he filed for divorce. I felt devastated, disoriented, confused. I endured so much narcissistic abuse in that marriage. Feeling all those emotions, I wondered if in the entire world there was anyone who could relate to my unimaginable, indescribable pain. I began researching which feelings Jesus felt throughout his human life. And I actually did a podcast about it called Tell Me How You Really Feel. That is a three and a half hour podcast about the feelings Jesus endured. And they were all the same feelings I felt. That's what it means to me that Jesus was fully man. Knowing that Jesus was fully human taught me how to be fully human and not be afraid of my feelings and my pain and cast my anxieties on God and let him heal me. Jesus as fully God. That divorce led me to experience severely suicidal depression. For months I was holding on to my next breath only because I knew that Jesus is God. I trust that Jesus knows everything, past, present, future. He knows my heart and he knows his own plan for my life. And I called on his presence as God. He delivered me from that suicidal depression. And he led me to start this ministry, Online Discipleship for Women, in order to share with you and other women in the world who he is as fully God and what it means to me personally and what it means to you. If you're going through something painful right now, something unimaginable, severe, unbearable, know that Jesus is God. He is ever-present, all-knowing, sovereign, everlasting, almighty. Reach out to him for comfort, healing, and deliverance. He will heal you. He has a great plan for you. Jesus as my Lord. Let's talk about that. The divorce was a jury trial, and it lasted for four days. It was the most painful experience of my relationship with Michael and my entire life. It was unbearable yet revealing for me to see my emotionless husband testify on a witness stand in front of jurors about his devotion to an Ironman bicycle instead of our marriage. The experience showed me who Satan really is. Though he is invisible, he is not fictional. It showed me what spiritual warfare is all about. I was in pain. I was heartbroken, but I was grateful. While dealing with my pain, confusion, anger, love for Michael, and the need to forgive him daily, I wrote this poem. 
just a few days before we were divorced. It's called, Lord, I need you. And that's what it means that Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. Lord, I need you every hour, every moment of every day. I need your guidance, your mercy. Hold on to me tight. I need you to never let go of me as I pray. I need you to lead me, to renew me, to help me stay humble and kind. Every morning I start with my list of gratitude, God. Every day I realize my weakness and your strength in it. Every moment I reach out to you because I never forgot that I need you. Without you, I've already reached my limit. If you want to access my entire collection of Christian poetry, you can get it all for free at anazabo.com poems. It's a very large collection of over 100 poems. I'm giving you all of them for free. anazabo.com poems. So as you can see, Jesus is whom I run to. For every answer, every time I need help. That's what it means that Jesus is my personal Lord. Jesus as my Savior. Since I was five years old, I was taught by my mom that I am for man. And love is sex. And sex is love. And that I am for sex. I slept around. I drank like crazy. My lifestyle was very hideous. Jesus saved me from that lifestyle. He set me free. He can save you. He can liberate you from whatever your afflictions are. All you need is to ask him and invite him into your heart. Jesus, as my redeemer, as a little girl, I ran away from home often to avoid being in the presence of my family members because they were the scariest people I knew. God wasn't someone good or credible in that situation. And surely he wasn't loving or kind. And I thought that if there was God who put me in a situation with those people to be my family that was not possible for me to think that God was loving but when I gave my life to Christ in 2014 he redeemed me he paid a high price to buy me back from the damage and the trauma those people imposed on me my family Jesus redeemed me from them from their damaging philosophy of life from their troublesome beliefs and from their disturbing perspective on my identity as a slut, basically, and the purpose of my life to please man with my body. Growing up, I was told that I will never amount to anything. I was called a miscarriage, fatherless, stupid. Now, I was redeemed to being a princess, a daughter of the king of the entire universe. That's my true identity. I'm a child of God. My Redeemer made me a princess. And if you want to know 52 things that the Bible says about you as a child of God, you can download my entire book of 52 devotionals for free on my website, anasabo.com. Now let's talk about Jesus as my deliverer. Life with my mother was unbearable. She abused me. She molested me. She did so many bad things to me. At 11 and 12, I tried to commit suicide. She sarcastically encouraged me to try again and again. Suicide was the idea I inherited from my mom. Suicidal thoughts were holding on to me until I surrendered everything to Jesus and he delivered me. If something is holding on to you right now, whatever temptations, afflictions, anything, 
Reach out for Jesus who can deliver you from slavery to it. Sin is not your master. Depression is not your master. Suicidal ideation is not your master. Addictions are not your master. You have a mighty deliverer. Let's talk about Jesus as my teacher. Life is very interesting, unpredictable and multifaceted. A lot of learning is required to survive and thrive in life. I moved to America by myself in 2008 as a mail-ordered bride. I survived domestic violence in that marriage with the husband who brought me to America. I was homeless for a while and then I taught myself English. I became a citizen of the United States. I published a book about my story called Turn Your Dreams and Wants into Achievable Smart Goals. You can also find it on my website, anasabo.com. And I live my life now single and celibate. It's just me and Jesus. I have so much to learn. There is so much I don't know about this kind of lifestyle because I don't know anybody who lives this kind of lifestyle and I've never been taught this lifestyle. People have parents, uncles, grandmas and older sisters to learn from. I learn everything from Jesus. How to handle money, how to organize my home, what to think about, how to understand people, how to be fully human. Anything I ever need to learn about, Jesus has taught me on that topic already. I listen to Proverbs on my Bible app regularly. I study the Bible and spend time on my knees in the morning as soon as I wake up to fellowship with Jesus and to learn what I need to learn. And I talk to him and I listen. And I have friends with whom I do all of this too. We study Jesus' teachings and we learn from him. Abiding by his teachings leads to peaceful and joyful life. Jesus is a wise teacher to me and to you if you decide to reach out to him. He has a good heart and genuine love for me and for you. Where can you start learning from Jesus as your teacher? The Bible, of course. Start by researching his promises. There are 3,573 of them. And I actually wrote a lot of poems about it. You can see them all on my YouTube channel or on annazaba.com poems. And if you want to live a prudent life as a wise woman and have good discernment, you need to reach out to Jesus as your teacher. He is infinitely intelligent. There is no one like him. Now let's talk about Jesus as my light. I've experienced a lot of darkness in life. I'm aware of it and I acknowledge it. There is a lot of trauma and damage and unimaginable pain that I've lived through. For many years, I tried to escape this reality through addictions and alcohol. But now I face it with wholehearted courage and my eyes wide open. That's why I have one million words of content on my website. I tell you everything about my story. I face my life, I face my adversity, I face my trauma, and I share about it with you. I don't need to remain in the darkness trying to mask my darkness. I have light. Jesus is my light. One of the adversities I endured in life was teen pregnancy. I miscarried. Here I was, a 17-year-old girl in a hospital chair, being put to sleep for doctors to clean me up from the inside. I saw the whole thing from the outside and I still have chills describing my out-of-body experience. I got out, looked at myself, surrounded by medical professionals and I saw 
a light. The light was not just bright. It was also warm and inviting. I flew toward the light. I experienced relief from pain, grief, heaviness, fear, and confusion. I felt free and peaceful. When I had to return into my body, I was sad and I didn't want to leave the light, but I knew I had to return because there was a purpose for me to be in my body on earth here with you right now doing this podcast in 2020 on the Anna Zabo show. That I knew from when I was 12 and my second suicide attempt failed. When I woke up in a cold room with a dozen of women patients there, I was devastated. I wanted to be with my light. Jesus is my light. My life is not perfect. Sometimes it rocks and sometimes it sucks. But the light, Jesus Christ, shines through all the darkness. This truth gives me hope, peace, and joy. I don't live in the darkness. I focus on Jesus, my light. I trust God's perfect plan. And I invite you If you're in a season of darkness right now, focus on Jesus as your light. Let the light overpower and conquer the darkness in your life. And if you want to see some poems I wrote about it, Google Who is Jesus, Anna Zabo, and you'll see my blog post I wrote. Or just go to AnnaZabo.com, Who is Jesus, and you'll see the poetry I wrote about this. Now let's talk about Jesus as my mediator. I remember sitting in my divorce mediation in March of 2017 when Michael filed for the second divorce in our first eight months of marriage. The mediator was an older woman who had no discernment whatsoever. She was mean and obnoxious. When she heard that Michael went to seminary, married me, and filed for divorce, choosing an Ironman bicycle over me, she said, well... I met my husband at a bar while drinking, and 25 years later, we're still married. My experience with that mediator told me that worldly mediators don't have your best interest in mind. They do not advocate for you, and they don't have any brains sometimes. Mediators are paid by the hour. So the longer you're arguing, the better for for the mediator financially. At the same time, Her pay depends on the success rate of settling cases, so she ultimately wants to have you agree so that you all do not have to go to hearing. That's what her rate of pay is impacted by, her success rate of settling. Whether the conditions of such settlement are good for you or it doesn't matter to her. This worldly mediator doesn't care. The checkbox and signature are all she cares about so she can get paid and move on with her day. That's what my worldly experience with a mediator was. Jesus is a mediator between God and me. He is an advocate for me. He did everything possible to have me in good standing with God. When God looks at me, he sees me righteous and pure. Thanks to my mediator, Jesus Christ, who advocates for my best interest and he paid for it himself. If you're ready to be in good standing with God, but carry with you a bag of guilt and shame, 
reach out to your mediator jesus christ he is the only way to your good standing with god he advocates for you he has your best interest in mind now let's talk about jesus as my leader life taught me to stand firm on my own two feet there are many people i admire respect and consider my mentors but i take everything humans say with a grain of salt and i practice it through my own discernment the only one i follow is jesus i don't follow anyone else i love the teachings of napoleon hill and read many of his books and Dale Carnegie and many other so-called leaders. But I don't follow them. I read them and I ponder them. I learn from them some, but Jesus is my only leader. If you're confused and disappointed in the leaders you've been following, take what humans say with a grain of salt and follow Jesus with me. Now let's talk about Jesus as my hope. I remember surviving every day of my childhood hoping that one day I'll be educated, different than my abusive family members and away from them. I thought that then I would be happy. I graduated from four universities. It didn't bring me any happiness. I hoped that I would get married to Prince Charming one day and we would live our happily ever after away from my family and have joy and peace. I moved to America, far, far away from Russia. There wasn't a happily ever after waiting for me. You see, my hope was misplaced. Jesus is my hope today. I have joy right where I am because of Jesus. And I wrote a poem about it that you can also see when you read my blog, Who is Jesus, on my website. If you feel empty because you try to be happy chasing worldly pursuits, but they failed you, reach out to Jesus as your hope. Just think about his promises, what he did for you on the cross, and where he is taking you toward your eternity with him in heaven. Jesus as my peace. Let's talk about that. I was diagnosed with complex PTSD in 2016 as I was enduring narcissistic abuse in my marriage. Peace is not something associated with complex PTSD. In my situation, anxiety and panic attacks were regular while I lived with my ex-husband. Until I learned to cast my anxieties on him who cares, Jesus Christ. I took all my fears to him and he became my peace. If you're struggling with PTSD, complex PTSD, OCD, anxiety, insomnia, panic attacks, reach out to Jesus as your one and only source of peace. Now let's talk about Jesus as my truth. Identity has always been Something painful and confusing for me. When I was born, my mom dressed me up as a boy and she called me a boy's name, Anton. Growing up, I heard many times from my mom, I hate you and I just want you dead. She would tell me stories about how she went to abort me and I always knew that I was unwanted and unloved. I hoped that my dad would come to find me one day and love me. That never happened. In fact, he showed up and molested me. 
When I gave my life to Christ, I learned that the one and only source of my identity is who I am in Him. The truth about my identity is who I am in Christ. Jesus taught me who I am. And I produced many biblical affirmations, meditations, many, many Christian meditations on my podcast and on my YouTube channel. 16 meditations on my podcast that you can go listen to right now and you can see the truth about who we are in Christ. If you don't know what's true anymore, if you feel confused and have no idea who you are or whose you are, what it is that you need to be doing with your life, where to turn for help, why are you even here? I encourage you to reach out to Jesus as the truth and the only source of your true identity in Him. Now let's talk about Jesus as my strength. In my bedroom, I have a wall decal that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I wholeheartedly believe Philippians 4.13. It's the first thing I see from my pillow every morning as soon as I open my eyes. And it's the last thing I see when I go to sleep. I shared a lot with you here about the help I received from Jesus spiritually, mentally, and in every aspect of my life. Now I want to share with you about the actual physical component of my faith. Jesus as my strength. I mean physical. <laughs> when I moved to my new beautiful home in 2017 during my divorce with Michael, I was not going to wait for anyone anymore when, I, when it came to setting up my home. So, <laughs> my bedroom furniture is made of heavy wood. I was installing soft white LED lights to make all my furniture glow and to save money on electricity while also enjoying gorgeous lights at home. I learned how to use a drill and I bought one. As I was holding my chest of six drawers while doing some work on it, it fell and struck my hand with a huge nail all the way through. <laughs> I looked at it. There was a hole in my hand. I stared at the Bible verse, the wall decal that I mentioned right above it. I stopped the blood, lifted up the furniture, and I moved on with installing the lights. My hand healed within a few days. It was incredible. Repeating this Bible verse, I was able to move my California king-size bed all by myself, install 160-inch curtain rod on my patio, drilling into the ceiling. I wired my entire kitchen with under-the-cabinet LED lights and had all cable management done all by myself. I installed a full body size 100% glass mirror in my entryway by hanging it on the wall by myself. So, <laughs> Jesus is my strength in every aspect of my being, including physical. So I can do all things through Christ and I encourage you to call on the strength of Jesus Christ whatever you're going through. Emotional, physical, mental, health-wise, you can do all things through Christ. Now let's talk about Jesus as my rock. My life has been painful in many seasons. Your life might be very painful right now. Through dealing with my pain and enduring tremendous suffering, I realized that Jesus is there wherever I am and I can hold on to him. 
When I hated myself and my life and was at the lowest point of my addiction, when I hit the rock bottom, Jesus was my rock on the bottom. When I was exposed to narcissistic abuse, mental cruelty, emotional manipulation, and multiple physical threats from the narcissist, I was on my knees daily crying myself to sleep, and Jesus was right there with me as my rock. Whatever you're going through today, even if you hit the rock bottom, reach out for Jesus, who is your rock in every situation, especially on the bottom. Hold on to Jesus. If you would like for me to lift you up in prayers, go to anazabo.com prayers and submit your prayer request there. Now let's talk about Jesus as my vine. I am currently keeping a journal that's called Abiding in Christ versus Living in My Own Power. It's a place where I reflect on how staying attached to my vine, Jesus Christ, helps me live a life filled with joy and peace. Starting my day with a prayer on my knees before I ever leave my bedroom helps me surrender to Christ and abide in Him. Reading God's Word and meditating on it daily helps my mind and heart be protected and remain healthy. Journaling in my gratitude journal and reflecting on everything God has done in my life helps me experience genuine joy. Casting my anxieties on Him who cares helps me prevent my panic attacks and keeps me grounded in God's truth. Abiding in Christ is much better than living in my own power. If you are looking for a life of joy and peace, I recommend attaching yourself to your vine, Jesus Christ, and abiding in Him. Now let's talk about Jesus as my helper. In 2019, I launched a new SaaS brand, SaaS means software as a service, called Funnel Amplified. I was the director of marketing there, and the company was a pivot of a startup that lost millions of dollars and never took off. I was just hired and charged with a big goal of taking this technology brand to the market. I could not do it in my own power. Jesus is my helper. He and I did the job from what to name the brand, what the brand should be, the terminology, the brand style guide, content strategy, podcast strategy, video strategy, the 46-page ebook I wrote, 3,000 words, six blogs, six podcasts, everything was the result of Jesus' help in my life. Whether you're wondering which school to attend or how to best do your job or even thinking about your family and future, reach out to Jesus as your helper. Receive and accept his help in every aspect of your life. Lean on him. Now let's talk about Jesus as my healer. In 2016, I suffered from severely suicidal depression and I was diagnosed with complex PTSD. This was all the result of the trauma I endured in my narcissistic marriage. Many people were telling me about different medications I could take, but I chose prayer instead. Now, this is not something I recommend necessarily to you. I am not a medical professional and I do not advise you to stop your medications just because you listen to my podcast. I'm simply sharing my story. At the time, my suffering was so great that I struggled with my own self 
pondering if perhaps medications would be helpful, but I come from a background of addictions. I was aware of the side effects of medications, such as addictions. That season of life was very painful. My suicidal thoughts were intense. I couldn't make sense of anything and didn't want to think about another moment of such an awful life where I could be so deceived and betrayed by the narcissist. But I chose prayer. And through prayer, Jesus healed me. He healed me completely without any medications. And that repeated in 2018 when I was hit by a car. If you're in need of healing, I am not encouraging you not to take your medications. I am encouraging you to reach out for Jesus as your healer. So let's summarize. Who is Jesus to me? I shared with you who Jesus is to me by opening up my heart and constantly telling you how Jesus impacts every aspect of who I am and how I live. I did so with hope that my real-life examples will help you ponder who Jesus is to you personally. Realizing what Jesus means to you will change your life. It will transform you, your values, beliefs, habits, and identity. And if you found this content helpful, go to my website, anazabo.com and download the book I wrote about your identity in Christ. You will see the book of 52 devotionals on my homepage and you can find out exactly what God says about you. You can also go to anazabo.com forward slash who is Jesus or you can Google who is Jesus Anazabo and you will see this entire podcast notes on my blog. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you will find it in your heart to share this content with a woman who needs hope and courage right now and I'm lifting you up in prayer. God bless.